Hello and welcome to Opera Apero. Uh, I'm your host, Sophia, and I'm very excited because today on the show I have a dear friend uh, and not just a friend, but the actual artist behind the show's uh, show art, <laughs> Aubrey. Yay, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Amen. I, <laughs> I feel like you're part of the show. Thank you. Um, so it's very nice to actually have you on here um, and do an episode with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm excited because you kind of, uh, when I asked you what kind of story you like, <laughs> it, it was a, a very interesting request. Dark, dying, <laughs> setting myself up for gloom and doom. Yeah. Uh, so the request was murder and then I was like okay well there's a lot of different kinds of murder is there any other uh <laughs> parameters that I should consider and you said well something related to family and like family relationships and um I think I found one that is appropriately uh messed up nice <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah actually so this opera um when it was first put on uh, and in a lot of the cities where it was first performed, after the first performance, they barred it from oh, being performed. It could not be more my brand of like, <laughs> I don't know. That is the greatest thing I've heard of. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, like in Vienna, one guy from the Catholic Church like banned it uh, for like 30 something years. Oh my and uh, yeah, one of the like... Um, patrons of the Metropolitan Opera in New York, uh, they were like, nope, uh, you cannot show this again anymore. And so, yeah, it's actually an opera that is very well performed nowadays, and it's just like part of the canon. So, okay, a lot of buildup, but the <laughs> opera is Strauss's uh, Salome. Okay. Does that not, does that ring any bells? Zero bells are ringing. Perfect. <laughs> so it'll be so a complete little. surprise. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm so excited. But before we get into the opera, how do we know each other? Um, through, <laughs> through our mutual friend, Rachel. Um, and we met at a Lizzo concert, which was like the most iconic like, no concert has ever felt that good <laughs> and never will again in my life. Yeah. And I just remember, like, walking up to the concert and, like, just this beautiful summer evening, and you were wearing just, like, the coolest top, like, because <laughs> I think it was that, like, wide open back, mm-hmm. like, halted. I was like, who is that? <laughs> like, badass. <laughs> and then it was just this, like, unbelievably cathartic religious experience to be at this show. And we went to a bar after, and I think you, like, reprimanded me for not having a helmet from biking in the city. And you had, like, your cute little red helmet. And then I got a cute little red helmet, like, not that long after. So, big shout out. The moment where I was, like, really enjoying getting to know you that night. And then the moment where I was like, wow, this person's a good egg, was <laughs> when we were leaving the bar afterwards. And we were both on our bikes and chatting. And then we were both about to slide off into opposite directions. And you went, hey, your light's not on. Oh, that's, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I care. Lifesaver. <laughs> I care about safety. It's important. Even though I wasn't wearing a helmet. But yeah, it's really great. Yeah, and then it's just been nice to like see what parties and then get to know you in other capacities and whatever since then. So. Yeah. Uh, 
The next question is, have you been to an opera before or seen one? Mm-hmm. I saw one. I saw Lucia de Lammermoor. Ooh. Um, like, on a school trip. Like, I can't remember. It must have been in high school. I would guess with, like, a choir that I was in. Maybe the Renaissance choir I was in. I'm like, I have a no Renaissance idea. Choir? <laughs> yeah. Wait, this is very reminiscent of that one, like, wine night we went to with the guy who served yes. the, like, Middle Ages food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like, you want to come to my lecture on medieval art and eat this medieval food? We were like, um, no to the art, but we'll take, like, the pickles. Like, sure. <laughs> What's happening? I know, that was so beautiful. But yeah, we saw Lucia de Lammermoor and... I think, I don't know, I kind of struggle with, like, live theater in general because I really love feeling, like, I love the feeling of immersion that I get in movies and in television, and I, like, really struggle to have that when I'm sitting in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I so I think especially to, like, have that feeling and then watch an opera, and it's, like, in Latin? I don't, like, I don't even know what Lucia de Lama, or maybe Italian. It's Italian, it's Italian. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah and um but it was all in italian so you had to like read the subtitles which was weird and i think yeah. that's just like a cuckoo bananas plot as well with, like a <laughs> lot going so i just remember being like what like this is not my genre like yeah but um yeah it was um it was an experience i felt like okay check cultured like i was like oh, nice been doing opera i'm yeah done. have done it um so this was strauss's third opera Um, and he'd had a couple before, but nothing like super huge, but this one actually kind of, despite being banned and being so controversial, this one kind of like launched his career as an opera composer. Notorious Strauss. Yes. (laughs) Um, and Strauss is also known for being a little bit, um, outside of the norm when it comes to opera music. So like this one, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but like, um dissonant Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the music has is a little bit more dissonant not like Mm mellifluous i don't know that word but i like flowing (laughs) and like nice and soft in the ears and this one is a little bit like "Mm -hmm." um and so this one is also um it's based off of a play an oscar wilde play called salome Mm -hmm. um and the Oscar Wilde play was originally in French, um, and Strauss saw a German translation of it in Berlin, mm-hmm. and then was like, this will be a great uh, opera, and so he just like took it and made it into an opera. It's a one-act opera. It's a little under two hours. Um, Whoa. Yeah. One and- act under two hours. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> Buckle up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then... I guess the only other interesting piece of information is that it premiered uh, in Dresden in 1905. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, we start this the opera. Uh, it's kind of like biblical times. So, uh, 30 AD. Sure. In uh, Tiberius, which, like, I certainly don't know. It's at all Tiberius on the Sea of Galilee. And I'm like... Oh. I don't know what that means. I looked it up. It's in Israel. So Yeah, that um, sounds right. Okay. Biblical stuff. Cool. <laughs> um, so we're in biblical times, and uh, we're on the terrace outside of King Herod's palace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're on the terrace outside of the banquet hall. And hanging out on this terrace is um, Narabuth. Um, and he's a young captain of the king's guard, and 
He's staring into the banquet hall, watching Salome. Salome is the stepdaughter of King Herod. So Herod, there's King Herod, there's uh, Queen Herod Dias, and then her daughter, Salome. So Salome's from a, another man, not Herod. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nereboth is staring in at Salome, and he's deeply in love with her. Of course. And he's just, like, idolizing her. And he, his friend, a young page, who the young page is also in love with him. Uh, uh, with him? Yeah. Okay. I think so. So, like, um... The, I'm going to read into that what I want. That's whatever you say. It's gay now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think there's definitely, like, that room left open mm-hmm. to have those interpretations. Mm-hmm. So um, the page is in love with Naraboth and is kind of, like, trying to convince him to not... Uh, pursue Salome because mm-hmm. he's like, it'll lead to trouble, but mm-hmm. he's also a little interested in him. Um, Nareboth continues to just like sing about how amazing and beautiful Salome mm-hmm. is and like how she's like a goddess. Um, and uh, so then as this is happening, there's also like below the terrace is a little like uh, steps almost to, down to a dungeon uh, area. <laughs> mm-hmm, of course. And from the dungeon is a, there's a prisoner down there and his name is Johanan. Oh, um, and he, Johannan is actually, um, I don't know why they went with a different name, but it's actually just like John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just, it's just John the Baptist. Yeah. So it's supposed <laughs> to be John the Baptist. Okay. I'm not sure why they call him Johannan, but. Well, maybe, I mean, it was like a German translation. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. I'm like, maybe it's like the kind of biblical version of the name John, like. John would be random. I guess that is his name in the Bible, so maybe that doesn't hold up at all, but whatever. <laughs> okay, Johanan, great. Yeah, and so he's being kept prisoner down there by King Herod, and he's kind of just, like, singing and crying out for, like, talking about, like, the Messiah, and just, like, he's a religious dude, mm. so he's just saying a bunch of, like, religious things about how people, and, you know, like, preachy things. Mm. Um, and... Basically, like, one of the, 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 as the soldiers are, like, kind of, like, listening to him, because they can't really shut him up, they're talking about how he actually has a huge following uh, within the, like, Jewish community mm-hmm. of the area. And so, because of that, uh, Herod is actually a little bit afraid of, mm. like, messing with him. Um, and so, they're like, yeah, he's, like, prisoner, but Herod also, like, can't do too much to him. Yeah. Um, and because he does have this, like, following and almost power in that way. Mm. Um, and so that's a little background on Johanan. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Salome comes out from the banquet hall, and she's uh, <laughs> she emerges, and she starts to complain. because She's like, oh, my God, my, my stepfather keeps trying to hit on me. <laughs> Isn't her stepfather who's, like, Looking the, at her? The king, yeah. And, like, dreaming about her and, like, in love? Mm-hmm. No, that's Naraboth. No, okay, that's Narabath. just, like, a Narabath's just, captain. like, a, just a dude. Yeah. Okay, great, great. He's just, like, a soldier. And, and she's just, like, ew, my stepfather, like, a creep. Yeah. She's, like, I've been eating dinner, and he's just, like, making passes at me. Oh. And, like, all the other guests are kind of boring. Um, I don't want to be in there. So she comes out onto the terrace, mm-hmm. and Naraboth is there. Um, and she's like complaining, uh, and then she hears Johanan mm-hmm. and she's so intrigued and she's like, um, can you like, like bring the prisoner up? Like, I want to see who this person is. Mm. Um, and Naraboth is like, I can't do that. Um, because Herod has 
like strictly forbidden this from happening. Mm. Um, he has said like this prisoner is like they just like can't risk the prisoner like talking to anyone or mm. like sewing insurrection or something. Yeah. Um, and so Salome uses her wiles on him. Um, A lady. <laughs> And she's just like, um, the next time I pass by in a carriage, I'll throw you a flower. <laughs> and Naraboth is like, done. He's like, yeah, sold. <laughs> I'll take anything. Yes, exactly. Oh. Uh, so he's like, all right, bring him up. And they go and they get Yohanan and they bring him up. And Salome sees him and is like entranced mm. by him. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is like a like prophet kind of like preachy guy so uh as with most religious dudes he's kind of um mangy Mm -hmm. like the hair literally been in prison as well and (laughs) like yeah in rat in rags of clothing and stuff um and so it's probably you know we can yeah um he's not looking hot (laughs) and she's just like oh my gosh so attracted to him and like fascinated by him um that she starts singing about like how like white and pale his skin is and she starts singing about how like dark and black his hair is and then she starts singing about like how beautiful his lips are and she like begs him to let her kiss his lips oh my god oh this poor captain just like (laughs) like (laughs) totally like brought his own demise like just by bringing this prisoner up oh baby boy yeah um (laughs) So, yeah, so Naraboth sees this, Mm -hmm. uh, and he actually just, like, stabs himself. Right then? Yeah. (laughs) We are two minutes into this opera. Okay, we are six minutes into this opera because he sang a whole song, but, like, he's like, I'm done, like, sepulchre, like, gotta go. Like, (laughs) yeah, um, he's just, like, heartbroken. Because he sees her just, like, completely entranced by this man. And he's just like, well... Gotta go. I'm done. Like, there's no point. Um, And so then she doesn't notice that he's done this. Uh, And there's, like, a little scene where, like, the page is just, like, crying and sad over him. Um, Oh, my God. But Salome just, like, still obsessed with Johanan and is just, like, begging him to, like, kiss kiss him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is just like... What? <laughs> what? No. Someone just died over here. Like, and you want to kiss me? Like, he, yeah, he's just. Read the room. <laughs> well, also, one, when he comes up, like, he says, like, all these, like, religious preachy things. He's just, like, that's his thing, is just, mm-hmm. like, being preachy mm-hmm. um, and, like, condemning people. Uh, so he condemns, like, the queen. Like, mm. he just comes out hard for the queen. Um, Salome's mom yeah so he comes and he's just like condemning her and then so like then Salome um has this whole thing of like being into him and he's just like no you can't kiss me Mm. um don't no don't want that he's like you I condemn you too you need to repent for your sins she's the wealthy enemy like she's like yeah Yeah. what he's fighting too Mm -hmm. yeah and so he's just like no uh repent your and so then she just, like, continued, like, this is, like, a little bit of a back and forth kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, they're just like, nope. And they, like, take him back down to the dungeon. Oh. Uh, now, Herod comes out of the uh, banquet hall with his wife, mm-hmm. the Queen Herodias. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, 
he trips over Naraboth's body. Oh my god. And then they're like, what? What? Someone clean this up. Clean this up. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Naraboth. Poor guy. God. Yeah, like literally no one cares about him. No. Um, Yeah. Except the page. Yes. Um, So uh, they laid up the body uh and then herod is sees salome and is just like oh my gosh like come like eat and drink with me like come spend time with me mm. um and salome is like no um, yeah because that's the creepy step yeah that's her oh, yeah. stepdad yeah. um like her mom's husband mm. <laughs> her mom's husband yeah <laughs> and he's just, and like in front of the mom is also like salome like mm-hmm. please um and she's just like no and he continues to like request and persist um and salome and her mom uh, herodias speak briefly they Mm. have a little consultation Mm -hmm. um and salome goes okay like um and so he's also requested that she dance for him Mm. oh (laughs) dude (laughs) bro (laughs) okay yeah it's pretty gross 30 ad you know things are different (laughs) like um and he just really wants her to dance for him um and so salome says i will do it on one condition and that's that you grant me one wish oh boy (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know what the wish is gonna be (laughs) um and so he's like done he's just like she's gonna dance for me these men are too easy too easy it's embarrassing (laughs) um and so she does this dance it's called it's a very famous part of the opera it's called the dance of the seven veils um and so what's cool about this is that strauss like didn't actually give much direction on like what was supposed to happen um oscar wilde's play also didn't give a ton of direction it's it but so it is up for interpretation, mm. but there are some people who think that this is like the origin of the striptease. Oh my god, burlesque! I am Salome. <laughs> I'm about to just like, I don't know, be a Salome stand for the rest of my life. I'm like, she rules. Yeah. Wow. Um, so she and also so she does this like dance it's like in the opera it's about like seven minutes ish Mm. um and so dance of the seven veils so it is like an unveiling Mm -hmm. uh and in a lot of operas um the like singer themselves does this like own dance and it's totally up for interpretation so it's not always the same in every single opera you see Mm. um it's like based on like how the director or the choreographer wanted to do it Mm -hmm. um and a lot and there are some operas where they like the singer will literally just like drop and just be she like does it have some nudity in the in the opera Whoa. um and then there's times where they're like body stalking <laughs> for modesty yeah. with the semblance of nudity um just draw on some nipples onto like a tank top and, oh my god would instagram censor those absolutely oh okay <laughs> no would instagram no but tiktok definitely <laughs> um Oh, yeah, so she does this little dance, um, and then... I can't believe how early into this opera we are. Oh, we're, like, like, almost done with the opera. Oh. It's one act. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I was like, oh, we're, like, two minutes in, and this is, like, the shortest little... It's like, what else is coming? Okay, amazing. Great. (laughs) Uh, 
Like I said, she's dancing. It's a vibe. Yeah. Um, For her stepdad. Yes. Um, and then she finishes, and he's just, like, overwhelmed. He's, you know, probably very horny. Um, yeah. And he's just like, wow, incredible, amazing, impeccable. Just, mm. like, Taste. what What do you want? Like, I get, tell me what you want. Like, I'll do anything. Mm. <laughs> And she's like, well, I want um, a silver platter. Um, and he's just like, okay, yeah, like, what do you, like, a silver platter of what? Like, what do you want? I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> and she goes, I want the head of Yohanan mm-hmm. on a silver platter. Yes. <laughs> that is better than I ever dreamed. <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck? And he's just like, um, I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I, he's like, what? Mm-hmm. I, how? What? I'm just picturing her being like, mm-hmm, like waiting, like, mm-hmm. That's exactly what she does. She's like, but you promised. You said, yeah, I did the dance. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining like 30 AD. The probably the level of modesty expected from women was just above and beyond so probably like the idea of just a woman just like doing whatever the dance is dancing like that would be like a once in a lifetime event like you're just not getting access to stuff like that like wow okay mm-hmm. yeah um exactly mm. and also she's not just like any woman she's Mm-mm. like the like, i guess princess i don't know yeah yeah and um so he's like i will give you anything else he's like he like tries to tempt her with all these like luxurious items like yeah. peacocks jewels mm-hmm. um access to this like temple um and she's like no like i want Johannan's head on a platter yeah please like n- now i have like ariel from the little mermaid singing like i want more like it's just <laughs> happening she's like i have all that already actually i need more <laughs> I need his head on a platter. Yeah. Um, And she's like, you literally said you promised me. And he's like, oh, my God. And so he orders the decapitation of Johanna. Yo. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited. um, So he orders the decapitation of Johanna. And and, um, a soldier goes down. Uh, A couple minutes comes back with a severed head on a platter um and hands it to salome and um she takes it and (laughs) your face right now i'm like it's like i could like see what's happening like one minute at a time like did she kiss him yeah (laughs) oh my god salome girl she takes the head and she's just like finally and so she kisses the head and like I mean it is totally dependent on how the person decides to act it out but mm. a lot of times she just ends up like and she sings this whole love aria with the head um <laughs> I'm flabbergasted <laughs> my eyes are just bugging out <laughs> it's ruled so um 
she's singing about how much she loves this like mm. the beautiful like skin, the hair, the lips, the, the lips and mm. she's making out with the lips. There and it's a severed head, so there's some blood. That's and, messy. Uh, she's yeah, she's like rolling around doing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Herod is just like so disgusted. Like mm. like I mean, not just Herod. I think think we all are. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then uh, he's just, like, um, he orders the guards to, like, capture her and, uh, like, kill her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that's how the opera ends, with them, like, rushing towards her. Wow. They, wow. <laughs> this is, like, the most, first off, I'm like, how does this fill, like, under two hours of singing? Like, that's how long those <laughs> songs are, which is also making me think of... Probably my impression of Lucha de Lamamore, which was just like, well, they're singing for a long time. Yeah. It, it just feels like this is like a whole opera in, like, it's like a 10 minute storyline, <laughs> 20 max. You know, like, he pines, she comes out for some air, she asks for this guy up, she tries to kiss him, the guy dies. <laughs> he goes back down, she does a strip tease. She orders the head. She gets murdered. Like, <laughs> it's not even three o'clock. You know, like, it's like we are, like, shall we go have a cocktail on the deck? Like, it's like, boom. Yeah, it's a little, like, treat of an opera. <laughs> I want to see this opera so badly. Oh, my God. Wow. Thank you for this. So, earlier on, you said that you were a Salome stan. Does that still stand? <laughs> Just, <laughs> does my claim still stand? Um, like, kind of. Like, I love, I love a little chaotic evil. Like, she, not even chaotic. Like, what would her alignment be? I guess it's almost like... It's very strategic. Yeah, but it's, it's, I don't know, like, maybe, like, chaotic neutral. It's like, She's just so completely, like, I will do whatever I want. Like, it's just, like, the embodiment of, like, full entitlement and just, like, I do not care. Like, countless, like, psychopath, psychopath vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. I just can't believe that that guy, like, the captain, whose name I can't remember. Naraboth. Naraboth. Like, he fully just, like, stabbed himself and she, like, didn't even bat an eye. Yeah. And everyone else was like, what is this, like, little heap of trash that I'm <laughs> tripping on? Like, what? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just baffled, and I'm just so psyched that, <laughs> what year, what year did this come out? Like, 1905. 1905. <laughs> so the maybe world was can... not ready. <laughs> it was not. Not ready. Like, what was happening? Like, turn of the century. We haven't even seen World War One yet. Like, it's like, obviously there's been some bad in the world but like i don't know i thought people were just like chilling and then strauss puts out this like pure blasphemy like pure heresy monstrosity of content (laughs) and then oh wow i love i love the image of people like sitting in the audience watching this like not knowing like ooh strauss like Oh, Strauss's third opera like what's it gonna be now who's this up and comer (laughs) Mm -hmm. Something fresh, something new. And then it's just like... <laughs> I wonder if people, like, stood up and left halfway through. I don't know. I'm, like, fascinated by points in culture like this because, like, I was reading um, Gertrude Stein's 
it's like her biography, like a few years ago. And um, she and her brother were just like really, really big in the Paris art scene and just like keeping up with all these like painters and writers and stuff. And when cubism happened, I don't know, like for some painters, people would literally make an event of just going to where the painting was hanging just to make fun of it. Like they would just really? go. And it was just, it was just these moments of like people like trying out new art styles and you know, trying out these kind of, like, revolutionary painting techniques that they'd never seen before. And they were like, this is so bad. Shall we go laugh at it? Like, and it was, like, <laughs> Friday night, like, let's go. Like, I don't know. I just I just love this kind of art that, like, pisses people off so much. And it's just so upsetting. And, like, the paintings aren't even, it's not even, like, that they're gory. It's just that they're such a different format. And people can't even begin to see how it could be perceived as good because it's just so different. And then this is just, like, utterly violent and grotesque. And people, like, are kind of captive audiences, like, sitting through it in their, like, lovely gowns in the opera house in Dresden. Like, I love that. I love that for them. I love that for Strauss. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um... Wait, okay, so one other really small thing mm-hmm. that I think is fun, because it's you, um, <laughs> is that, so, um, the the play that it's based off of is by Oscar Wilde, mm-hmm. and Oscar Wilde was famous, uh, like, friends with Aubrey Beardsley. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> so, Aubrey Beardsley, um, which... I've like I know the name, I've, like, seen the art, mm-hmm. but then when I was, like, Googling it, it... Um, he like made all this like art about Sal like for Salome, um, oh. and it's just so like beautiful. Let me. Oh my god, I love this! I'm so happy that this is happening. It's that for the readers. It's just this like stunning, simple black and white illustration of a woman like leaning over. It's it's very much like. Um, like she's like leaning over and like holding the hair of this decapitated head on a platter that's like on this kind of like it's not even on a stand it almost looks it's like, like a knobbly it's like, branch almost like i i think it like looks like the blood or something <gasps> oh my god you're right these are so i'm so grateful that you brought this connection to me <laughs> like this is so cool also, just like another I great to, Aubrey illustrator. Oh my god, really amazing! And just just to like look at art that I've probably seen before. Definitely, I've seen some of these before. Like especially when she's gazing at the head. But it's the type of thing like not knowing the story. I would never even know that these are illustrations of a story. Mm-hmm. I would just see them and be like, oh, like what is he drawing? <laughs> like what a vibe! <laughs> yeah, these are amazing. Yeah, I think it's so easy to not. Um, for me to not think about, like, time-wise, the context of this art mm-hmm. when he was making it and putting it out and what a massive deal that is. You know, like, this one, like, The Stomach Dance is 1893. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just this, this like, clearly very powerful, like, sexually powerful figure with, like, a bare chest and a corset and just, like, hip thrust. Like, it's just very, like... Like, if Elvis riled people up, like, imagine just a topless woman, like, looking that sexually powerful. And, like, this critter who really looks like the devil in the corner playing music for her dance. Like, wow. Yeah. Just, like, there's so much to unpack with this opera. Mm. There's, like, the incest. Yeah. Um, And, like, unfaithfulness. Mm. Uh, And it's, like... 
then there's just like salome is like this embodiment of like female sexuality mm-hmm. um like mm. just like completely unhinged female sexuality yeah um yeah, I think especially that view of, like, female sexuality. I can't even imagine, like, how that impacted culture. If, like, just to, like, draw all those associations together of, like, she's so, like, she's so confident in herself that she just, like, doesn't have a care in the world for this person who loves her. Because mm-hmm. I think when the story starts, like, your first impression is, like, oh, it's, I'm, I was like, okay, love triangle, about to go down. Like, it's going to be this whole thing with this guy. And then he just... She's just, like, not even looking at him. You know, like, just doesn't care about him at all, yeah. except to use him for her own And she's just, like, done... Whims. Yeah, and also, I, I kind of like that she's just, like... It's fine to use her sexuality and, mm-hmm. like, seduction to sell him on this thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I I don't care about, like, throwing a flower to someone. Like yeah, She's like, I know you want me, like... I will do this to, like, get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I just wonder, like, what that... Because I think for us now, we can, like, look at that as kind of, like, badass and empowering. And I think maybe it was that. But the fact that that is then also linked to her being, like, so utterly callous and manipulative and, like, a literal murderer (laughs) who then has to, like, it's so bad she has to be murdered instantly. Like, it's just, like, that's not a good look for women and for sexuality, you know? Like, it's just, like, I'm sure that just was not that people saw the play (laughs) more than once for a while or the opera, but... I don't know, I just wonder, like, what impression that leaves in people's minds of, like, what female sexuality is. Because it just, like, serves to further demonize it. Like, it's already so... Yeah, I I agree, because I think, like, it does... I mean, this, like, she's really just, like, like, fully, like, 100% that is all she's about, is, like, this, Mm. like, sexual being that is completely like lust driven mm. um but like so is herod um yeah but it's just i guess it's like too excessive and so it's just like yeah this is bad and mm. so yeah i think it does demonize like human uh female sexuality in mm. a way but also i don't know i think like just portraying mm. that mm-hmm. is also very um I don't know what the word is. It's not coming to me. There's mm. too much Lele. Like, <laughs> um, you want more Lele? Yeah. Um, Pour it up. <gasps> yeah. um, transgressive. That's oh, the word. Ooh. <laughs> Your brain was like, get me that Lele. <laughs> I, was, I can find words again. Yeah, um, but very transgressive Mm. to like display this um yeah yeah and to give her that like because she really she like does have so much agency like even if it's really like kind of absolutely she's a psychopath (laughs) and like um and just doesn't care but also she's made to be like like i get the impression just from the the way that her like two parental figures interact with her is that she's also like only valued for her sexuality mm-hmm. so i wonder if that's the type of thing where you lean into it you lean in it's like well if this is all i'm worth then this is all i'm gonna be you know mm-hmm. like and i just wonder i don't know i think so many people in the world kind of like have to unlearn that, that that's like not all they're valued for it's not the only way to get like love and care and respect or power because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people 
I don't know. It's just making me think like there there are just these conversations around how like people say I don't know women have power because they have access to men's power but it's like it's just that like it's just that they can mm-hmm. tap into men's power like it's not because it's like it's inherently not their theirs yeah. like it's not really theirs and it can be taken away again and I don't know but I think she's like she found her way to have influence and have people do what she wants other than like obviously being like royalty of some sort but mm-hmm. the fact that you know, this captain said, like, no way I'm not doing that. And all she had to do was, like, flaunt the idea of giving him a little love in, in a public space. And then she gets what she wants. Like, yeah. I don't know. She, like, found her way to tap into having influence and mm-hmm. yeah. just leaned in a little too far. Well, so um, this is going to be released for Women's History Month. So um, I actually... so. The episode right before this one was about a uh, independent woman in mm-hmm. the Wild West, and she's just oh. like this, like upstanding, yes. like version of a woman. Like mm. she runs her own saloon, so like a woman-owned business. Mm-hmm. Um, she's love. like very uh, vulnerable when it comes to love, but mm. she's also like willing to stand up for herself. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of like healthy, good version of a woman, and mm. I think it's nice to contrast that with this yeah. just like absolutely insane opposite of like Mm. what is this woman is just like also still very powerful and it's cool to see an opera like feature a female character that's so weird yeah and like (laughs) sexual and just like unapologetic out of the norm yeah yeah Yeah. um transgressive (laughs) um that's yeah it's really really nice and i i've been I don't know, I've been thinking this a lot about this a lot lately because I just had a good a good little like book club chat with my mom. But it's this book called uh oh gosh, In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, I wanna say. But um yeah, but this is well, I have a copy of this if you want to borrow. It's like oh, really, really lovely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so, so good. But I think because it's all about um essentially the author like within this abusive relationship with a woman and it's this really stunning way of storytelling because it's it feels like it's absolutely autobiographical, but feels narrative. And then mm-hmm. she plugs in these moments of like reflection on the history and context. So it, it also is this kind of like a nonfiction, like educational material on the history of like abuse in lesbian relationships. Yeah. And um, I don't know. And the chat I had with my mom was just that there is this, this like fallacy that women can't be abusive and can't be violent and can't, and especially like women in partnership with women and like, I'm saying women a lot, like, implying the disclaimer that I'm, like, literally non-binary and I know that gender is non-binary. But just that, like, women partnered with other women, like, because there's not the power dynamic of patriarchy, like, there's no way that they can abuse each other. And that's why it hasn't, simplifying, hasn't been, like, taken seriously for so long and or seen as, like, a real possibility. But I don't know, it just underlines this thing that, like, women are human, like, women are capable of violence and murder and being psychopaths and being just like evil. And that is like what it is to be a woman too. And to be a human in this world. I don't know. It's just been that, like that recognition of like women are people like that's the, that's like true equality is like, let them be messed up bad. (laughs) Let them like order a decapitated head on a silver platter. I'm going to go home and illustrate that because that is the coolest image. And like just... Oh my god. 
I don't know, just really, I think that's like a great contrast to make in, in this Women's History Month of 2021. Women are people too. It, it bothers me a little bit when people try to advocate for women in leadership by saying, mm. oh, they make better decisions. Mm. They are more they, caring, like yes. mothering, you know? Like they make decisions f- that are more in support of like the community. And I'm like, I mean, like probably on like a larger scale, like maybe statistically we can say that, but I hate the idea of like branding women this way. Mm-hmm. And because women are also corrupt mm-hmm. and like, I think it's also interesting that like you would pro like most of society would probably um, consider like a corrupt female politician as much worse than mm-hmm. like a male politician mm-hmm. who was corrupt. And um, because it's like, Oh, well that's even more wrong because you're supposed to yeah, be caring. She's a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, yeah, I think that's so real. But I think, yeah, I think you're right, is that they would be more, they would just be, like, more vilified for it because it's, like, but you were supposed to be the good one. Like, men are allowed to be bad. Like, women have to be perfect. And, yeah, it's really not fair. Women can be, women can be evil. I mean, so as a whole, I have a, like, um, just a general belief. At an inherent level, like, politicians are just they are politicians, like yeah. regardless of yeah, what yeah. they say, regardless of how progressive or idealistic, mm-hmm. there are times where they are going to have to play the game of politics yeah. and n- this way, yeah. and because they have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think once you can accept that, then you can like start to like really more just like realistically evaluate people. Mm-hmm. And so that's when like female politicians mm-hmm. can also just be bad yeah i mean i really think that like i was chatting with a friend the other day and she was like do you think aoc will be president one day and i was like i hope not like i really hope not because i don't want a politician as like inspired as her like i'm the impression i get from her is that like her mission is to show that like being in politics is accessible is possible without like the poli-sci degree without the parents in Mm -hmm. the field like without the hookup and the nepotism and that like you can like fight for really cool stuff and get elected and really support your community but like to be president you just have to like the choices you have to make as president the compromises you have to make like you just have to do evil stuff like because that's how it is to run a country like the u.s like i don't yeah and like you if you're gonna get anything done you're gonna have to like give up a few things and and find compromise and that's that's gonna be like people getting bombed like because that's what our country is you know and that's gonna be like people are gonna die on your like (laughs) gonna have blood on your hands yeah and i just that's that's why like i feel i feel the same that like bernie is like wonderful standing for so many good things but if he was elected president he would have to make those same tough choices too and like probably there's just so much we don't even hear about that they choose that's so evil with weapons dealers and like I'm like this yeah no I just really feel the same it's like if you want to be in that role you have to be you have to be willing to like compromise your integrity and your morals for like quote-unquote the greater good mm-hmm. and what you perceive as the greater good yeah and women I'm like Kamala yeah <laughs> they're not exempt from that they are not like like they're that's how they got there too it's like complicated you have to, they're human three-dimensional humans yeah i'm like i don't want to go into politics oh my god did you ever play the video game fable this is so this is like a very like narrative video game it's like 
third person so you can like watch your figure walking around and you're just taken on these different little side quests and missions but the whole kind of concept depending on the version of the game but essentially you're just you have all these different choices put in front of you and as you make more evil choices air quotes your character like becomes more evil and as you make good ones you become more like good like as in by the time my brother finishes the game he's like got like red skin and red eyes and horns because he likes to make all the bad choices and my character is like this like glowing cherub of beauty <laughs> because I'm like nervous and don't want to kill anyone I, I so I think I got into D&D because mm. it was really fun to just like shoot the shit with people and like eat pizza and drink beer Straight up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was building my character, they're like, yeah, it's a lot about a lot of D and D can be like an exploration of morality. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can kind of like put yourself as this, an immoral character and like, see how it feels to make those Mm -hmm. decisions. Yeah. Without consequences. Right. Um, but that's something I've been thinking about. I'm like, should I make another character? That's just like, just everything that I'm not, like, yeah. just, like, hardcore evil, mm. wants to fight everything. Like selfish and just, ooh. I know. That like, is really interesting. And that's that's kind of what, like, I would be curious to, like, play this video game again. Because when I was younger, like, I couldn't even conceive of making those choices. Like, and I couldn't follow through on them. Like, I don't know. I, it's, like, scary. It's, like, yeah, I think, like, also it's hard to make those choices. Yeah. You're, like, wait, but that's a bad thing. Like, I can't do that because then like, I mm. might be bad. And I'll have to, like, the other characters will be mad at me. Like, <laughs> people pleaser. The likability. They won't like me. <laughs> but for real, and I actually wonder. Maybe it's like a- well, I, I, I would actually, I don't know. It kind of makes me want to talk to my brother and be, like, because, yeah, I wonder. Like, he was just so comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, it was, like, fun. And I think maybe because it was just, like, he could just separate himself from those choices. Because, like, he's a very good person. And, and has, like, a, a really, really strong moral compass, you know? And, yeah, and he's just playing a video game. And, like, why not, like, kill the neighbor's wife and take her money and then marry the neighbor? Like, whatever. Like, it's just, like, who cares? Like, the consequences are that fake characters are mad at me. But then here I was, like, 13, like... But, like, my, my wife's going to be angry. Like, I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get past that. But I wonder, like, I'm also in a point now. I don't know. I've been, like, working through, like, people-pleaser stuff in the last, like, two years in a big way. And I feel like I'm really on, on the other side of it significantly. And I just wonder if I also would be like, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> I would love to play Fable. Is this, like, on the internet? I think it's an Xbox game. Oh, Gotta no. Gotta get my hands on an Xbox. I need, like, an Xbox 360. Like, I need someone Open who call has, to like, anyone in Berlin who has an Xbox 360. <laughs> Fable 2? Like, <laughs> literally. To tie it back, it's just like, well, I think it is a little bit more like women in the workplace have to be more people pleasing. Mm-hmm. We, You can't have the resting bitch face, and mm-hmm. you can't, you have to, like, appear in this way Mm. um and so there's like the people pleasing aspect but there's like just the aspect of like you have to do this to like like one just like maintain your job performance not like maintain to just be able to get stuff done yeah and be taken seriously yeah and be likable you Mm. have to be likable for people to like want to work with you and Mm -hmm. stuff and and, like, I think men don't have to care about that as much. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I'm, I wonder what that makes me think of is just that, like, 
it's easy to say that like this people pleasing behavior is something that's like just like a me problem and it's just coming from me and I'm just like inherently kind of like desperate to have everyone like me but like that's not true it came from me realizing that like people listened if I was able to make them laugh and people wanted to be my friend if I was able to like talk like them or say jokes like them or be nice to like it's like it's from it's from existing in society as a woman that I learned that this is how I get through and this is how I connect with people and get stuff done and get taken like it's all yeah it's not something that's like you were born with like maybe you were born like maybe you were just I don't know like a bossy loud kid and then people were like I don't like that so you had to you figured out how to Mm -hmm. change in response to that feedback you were getting and yeah, now we're just, like, adults in the workplace, like, <laughs> navigating these things we learn just to operate in society. And, like, how do you find the balance between, like, breaking those habits and also still, like, having respect? And, mm-hmm. yeah, I think some teams are worse than others. Like, yeah, <laughs> this world, this world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. You want to talk about, like, the family aspects of the... Because <laughs> you asked me for mm-hmm. a family related story yeah. with murder what were you looking for in terms of like family stuff and mm-hmm. how did this kind of like fit into that yeah I think I was thinking I mean what was on my mind was like and I've just been noticing recently a trend and and maybe it's because I live far from my family but just noticing that like when a story has to do with like specific family dynamics or like parental dynamics or whatever I just get like really emotional it's like the easiest thing to like get me just jacked up is Mm -hmm. like reading or watching that um so I think that was just on my mind of like I know that this is something that will like get me Mm -hmm. because it's something I yeah just think about and engage with and yeah I don't know it's it's such a wild I don't know it's it's really interesting and like Maybe this is like a loaded comparison, but I'm reading The Color Purple right now, which is... I've never read it. Really, like, so stunning. Like, like of course it's a classic, so of course it's really stunning, but reading it for the first time. And what's surprising me is that it is this kind of, like, wild mess of family dynamics of... Um, I don't know, for a number of dynamics, a play that I cannot even begin to, like, <laughs> explain with nuance. Um, there's a lot of, like also kind of incest going on like the main character the whole time thinks that her children she had because her father the person that she thought was her father like forced himself on her and so there's a lot of also this kind of like as soon as you were mentioning like Salome and her creepy stepdad I'm like that's like literally what this character is experiencing in this book Mm -hmm. is like that's great there's just so like there's I don't know so it was it was like kind of funny that funny to me that you shared the story and then that was the family dynamic is like precisely this mess that I'm reading about too is like this abuse of power and just viewing women as just sexual objects and like to the point where you ignore the fact that she's supposed to be your daughter Mm -hmm. and this like person that you should love and care for and protect and you still just see her as like a sex object and just a body Mm -hmm. you know for so to serve a purpose or like to entertain you and that's so I don't know it's like a particularly disturbing family dynamic that you selected and also the fact that her mom is just like voiceless like does she say anything the mom does say stuff Mm. um I think like yeah she's usually just like annoyed Mm. with like what's happening 
interesting in like the mother daughter relationship mm-hmm. in that Johanna is just like talking shit about her mom. Yeah. Um, and even though she's like so into him, like she ultimately like brings about his like destruction and mm-hmm. like does it in so a way that like is something that her mom would want. Yeah. Like uh and maybe not want that explicitly, yeah. but like the end thing that occurs is what her mom wanted. Yeah. Um and like they do have like a little consultation. Um Right. And they that's what I feel like is not as present in this opera. Yeah, it's like they their, have their consult was that before she danced? Yeah, before she agrees <gasps> to dance. It's very low key. Oh wait. Yes, it's that is very low key. Because you could like, because is that is that consultation like? Can the audience hear what they're saying to each other, or is it kind of just like? I think they like <laughs> start to talk about talking to each other, mm. and then it's a little bit. Because I, I would want the mystery. Because like yeah, because when you said that, it was like before I knew what was going to happen. You know, so now I like go back and I'm like, right? Because they were kind of like. They're like, yo, maybe we can get what we both want. Like, the mom wants this man dead. Yeah. Um, and what happens after she asks Yo- uh, Herod for Johanan's head mm-hmm. is that, um, well, one, like, Herod is disgusted, but mm. Herodias, the mom, is, at, like, on the side. She's just, like, laughing and enjoying the whole yeah. thing. That um, is really, really rad. It's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, because now I'm like, oh my god, like, they just hatched this evil little plot together. Like, what a dynamic. And talk about, like, back to this idea of women just, like, um, if they don't have their own power to wield, finding channels to use men's power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Oh, little mother-daughter murder plot. Oh, that is actually precisely the family dynamic I was looking to hear about. <laughs> Oh, this is a perfect opera. I'm so grateful. Okay. I feel like I did my job well. Huge stand. Huge stand. Okay. So, last question. What did you think of the opera? Oh, my God. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Notorious band upsetting people, upsetting me. It was like, kept me on my toes. I want to see it IRL so badly. And I don't know, just like as you were kind of like building the plot, being like, oh my God, I know what's going to happen. And But truly, I like I thought that um, she was just going to, like her wish would just be to free Johan. And then the fact that, she, and then she was like, give me a silver platter. I was like, bitch, no, no, she won't. And then she, like, wow, that just, it just like, and just the murder, the I mean, the self-murder, like, Two seconds in, I was like, we are on a ride. Like, this is like, I don't know, precisely what I, especially when I was like, what do I want to hear in a, like in an opera? Murder? <laughs> it's going to be juicy. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'm a converted opera fan now. I feel like I need to learn more. I'm like, there's something here. Cool. Maybe yeah. we'll go to an opera once everything's open. We'll go. That's so nice. Oh my God, we can wear all pink. Go to the pink opera house. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> It'll be a vibe. Yeah. I don't own anything pink. But yeah, I'm, I'm up for that plan. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Drink our pink drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get a pink drink from Starbucks. Uh, mm-hmm. um, cool. Okay. Right. Well, thank you for listening to this opera uh, story with me. Mm. Um, and 
this has been opera apero um follow us wherever you listen to podcasts yes and i'll see you in two weeks great (laughs) bye see ya